distinctive sound is coming from a harpsichord. The harpsichord is the precursor to the piano. It was the ubiquitous keyboard that everybody had in the 16th, 17th, and well into the 18th century. So all that music by Bach and Handel that we sometimes hear on the piano, I think very successfully, was actually, however, conceived of on this instrument. Now, what accounts for its distinctive sound here? Kind of a, a plucky or maybe twangy sound quality to it. Well, what happens when I push a key down is a little quill, a little piece of actual bird quill called a plectrum goes by a string and just plucks it. Twang, here it goes. And that accounts for its distinctive sound quality. Now, this act of being plucked instead of struck also accounts for the fact that you actually can't go louder or softer on the harpsichord according to how hard or soft you push a given key. Uh, for example, I'll push this key down very gently. I'll push it down really hard. comes out the same. So we're missing uh, dynamics, as it's called. We're missing the contrast in loud and soft. By the way, that's why they call the piano the piano, because when it was invented, people are amazed, and they, they called it a pianoforte, the soft loud. <laughs> you can go soft and loud. Amazing. However, on the harpsichord, uh, it does have its own distinctive expressive qualities. Many harpsichords have two keyboards, for example, so you can have a little contrast that way. From here to here, a little bit different. Sometimes there are little stops or tabs or things that you can do to change the sound from this to this. Very attractive, kind of guitar-like quality. And composers were also often very aware of how to create the illusion or the effect of a crescendo or getting gradually louder simply by how many notes they would ask you to play at a given time. Here's a piece by Bach. It starts with one note, and then two notes at a time, and then three notes at a time, and so on. You get the effect of a crescendo, even though obviously you can't really crescendo by the force of the key. So uh, composers are also aware of the fact that if you want to emphasize a particular note, let's say I have just three notes in a row like this, and I want to make the middle note a little more important, well, I can throw in a little ornament or a little trill like this. And your ear is drawn to that middle note, and I didn't have to push on it any harder, but nevertheless, it still uh, brings it out. Well, as I say, the harpsichord was ubiquitous. Uh, every house had at least one, and uh, some had many harpsichords at home. And I have to say, I find that the sound world of the harpsichord for me is almost like a, almost like a time machine. It, it takes me back. I can imagine I'm back in 1700 or 1710, and I'm standing next to Bach as he sits and perhaps improvises at the keyboard. <laughs> beautiful. It's fun to play. It's uh, an instrument that died out, as I say, when they invented the piano around 1740 or 1750. But I'm glad that there are still some harpsichords around to play. They have a very distinctive and, uh, I find, appealing quality to them.